Welcome to 2021 Foodies. Susie the Foodie here with my second podcast of For the Love of Food. And yes, it's been a long time. And do you know why? It's called fucking COVID, a fucking pandemic. <laughs> I left off with leaving the mountain, Westwood Plateau in Coquitlam, BC. And you know what happened? I thought it was going to be easy. I got together all the photographs I wanted for my YouTube video and everything. And I thought, oh yeah, I'll just continue my story. But then I was really struck. I was dead in my tracks. You see, by looking into those photographs and looking into my life when after I moved to Vancouver Island, I fell into what's called the nexus. <laughs> if you're a Trekkie like me from generations, you'll know the nexus. The nexus is this place that you go and you never want to leave. It's your happy place. And to leave is absolute pain. <laughs> That's what Vancouver Island was for me. It was my nexus. We moved to the PMQs, which for people who uh, don't have any experience in the military, <laughs> uh, basically we moved into military housing. We had this lovely house. It's like tiny, it's small. My mom used to say it was magic because it was like a TARDIS. It looked really small, but you go in and it felt like a real home. And that was something I wanted so badly. And also a sense of community, which was everywhere, like kids running around, you knew people in the neighborhood. Even if you were new, there was a center for you to go to, to meet people and to do things. I was finally connecting with the human race in a good way and nature in a huge way. Vancouver Island is so beautiful and it's so moderate and temperate. It was so easy on my body in comparison to anywhere else I had lived. I honestly can say it was the happiest place I've ever been as an adult in particular. I got to meet lots of people and the best part was that I could bake for them. I baked for all sorts of people. I got lists of people that we knew uh, for their birthdays and I would make them treats and all of a sudden food became something that was so wonderful to share and enjoy with everybody else. It was really healing for me to do so. It was really wonderful to share and to be part of something and to have a home and to feel like you were in the right place, in a place that didn't hurt, in a place that you were happy. And so I have really, really worked hard at not talking about this because <laughs> it was too hard. It was so great. And, and I left it. I was a fucking idiot. I left it. I actually chose to leave the Nexus. Here I am in a place where I could walk down to the ocean, I could take beautiful photographs, I could make food for people I, I cared about and they cared about me. Oh my God, I don't know what happened. I think there was a part of me that thought, you know, I could be happy anywhere. I wasn't thinking that I was happy because of where I was geographically. I was thinking I was happy because of I, I had had this like personal, you know, evolution, I guess. And I was like, I could do this anywhere. And I was an idiot. I was so totally wrong. <laughs> I will say that for a year and a half, I lived my best life on the island. I really made the most out of every second that I had there. I did art. I did sculpture. I took ballroom dancing classes. I took my first cooking class of all time. And I learned so much from that chef. And I, you know, I had been this vegetarian and he showed me how to, my first class was learning how to cut down a chicken. It was a nightmare <laughs> at the time, but it was also fantastic. <sighs> yep. 
Still hard to think about. <laughs> I was really happy. So I was happy. I was, I had the tiniest kitchen. Oh my God, this kitchen was so small that I could not open the oven door all the way, which is funny because I don't even have an oven anymore. <laughs> but at the time I was like, this is crazy. I didn't have a dishwasher. So we went out and got a portable one for me because trust me, I was baking so much for people. It was absolutely necessary, but it was a tight, tight squeeze. I love that kitchen though. I hit my head on the hood so many times. The fridge barely fit into the kitchen. And that's funny now because all I have is a mini fridge now. <laughs> but at the time that seemed like a real problem, <laughs> which is kind of funny. The things you take for granted. Boy, did I take my time on Vancouver Island for granted. But I loved it. I enjoyed it. And I tried to take that joy with me. And this is the problem. <laughs> Sometimes you don't realize how good you have it when you have it. But then you also, it's like, can you really live in the nexus and grow and become a deeper person? It's a nice thing to live in a perfect world for a while. Like it ends up being incredibly painful because once you leave it, all you want to do is go back. All you do is compare everything. And I mean everything to what life was like before. And just to give you an example of what my life was like there, I would go for a walk to Hadley Castle. Because I lived in the neighborhood, I was allowed to go to the, onto the grounds of Hadley Castle, which if you're an X-Men fan or if you ever watched Smallville, you would know Hadley Castle. And I was allowed to go onto the grounds, not into the castle, but onto the grounds on a regular basis. And I would go to the Japanese pagoda and I would write in my journal and every day was an adventure with my camera, as it always is, because the gardens were beautiful. The rose garden, I had to go check. I had to go visit the tea rose in particular when it was in season. And the statues and the view of the lagoon. It was truly remarkable. <laughs> I don't, there, honestly, now that I think of it, there is no comparison. I should just be very happy and lucky that I got to live there and I got to take photos of beautiful shells on the beach in the winter covered in snow and to watch the herons. I, I even would meditate with herons all around me. I found this place where there was this big giant rock and I would sit there and I'd have these herons all around me in the trees. And there was one time I was sitting on a ledge and I was doing a Sanskrit mantra when a bald eagle came out of the fog right at my head. <laughs> and on the way to Hatley Castle, I would regularly see barred owls. You know, I had that amazing barred owl experience in Westwood Plateau. And it's like, these natural miracles are an everyday thing there. And it was just, I was so elated. I was so drugged on being a happy pagan and foodie with all these amazing people and I don't know what happened <laughs> I first it's weird you know maybe I chose to leave because I chose to grow as a person but I can tell you that getting on that plane to leave I was so filled with optimism I really thought I could take this with me boy was I wrong it is true that wherever you go, there you are, but 
you don't bring beautiful weather with you that doesn't hurt you. So when you move to a climate that no matter where you are is unbelievably physically painful because you have fibromyalgia and the cold gets into your bones and it because it's a wet cold. It's a cold unlike any other cold I've experienced and I've lived in Ottawa. Thank you very much. It That alone was such a shock to land into a place with snow and a snow a huge snowstorm came right after we landed. Our poor friends, Mike and Jen, they got caught in it. <laughs> I honestly could not get warm. And the winter there so much longer than what I was used to. And I mean, from Ontario standards, I remember my mom came to visit once in May and I told her, I said, bring warm clothes. And she thought I was crazy because <laughs> in Ontario, it can be, it's basically summer. And she froze the entire time she came to visit. But I learned a lot from this experience. It's okay to make a mistake. Susie the foodie would never have existed had I not gone to Nova Scotia, had I not moved to Lower Sackville. When I was on the island, I was actually known as Sacred Susie. I was blogging about my sort of spiritual life, my gorgeous life. It was a beautiful life and people loved it. And I get to Nova Scotia and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> I'm not feeling very spiritual right now. I'm not feeling very grateful. I'm not feeling much of anything positive, to be absolutely honest. What ended up happening is I ended up on medication. I worked really hard on weaning myself off of medication when I was on Vancouver Island. And when I moved to Nova Scotia, I had to change that. I ha Well, I, I had to do something. I went, I got on Cymbalta. I don't know if any of you have had any experience with this through friends that you know with fibromyalgia or any sort of chronic pain, but I had the worst vertigo as a result of being on Cymbalta. I spent two weeks on a couch holding on to it for dear life because the room was spinning constantly and it was an absolute nightmare. And yeah, sure, you lie on a couch for two weeks, maybe your pain goes away. But what I realized is when I was adapting to the medication, the pain was actually coming back after two weeks. And I was like, oh, come on, seriously, what's the point on being this, on being on this horrific medication if I'm going to be in pain again. So <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I will suffer. I will suffer. I'm going to be suffering anyway. Why the hell would I suffer while being on this fucking medication that is making my life miserable? So then after two weeks, I had to go through two weeks of withdrawal, which again, spinning on the couch, <laughs> holding on for dear life. And I was like, this is my rock bottom. This was a, a year and a half after we had moved there. What the fuck am I going to do? I was hoping we would get moved back anywhere else, to be absolutely honest. But I really wanted to move back to BC. It was my mantra. And I realized, holy shit, that might not happen for years. I was hoping that they would send us back to BC. And I was completely wrong about that. And I sort of had this bad feeling about it. And I was like, okay all right, I have to do something. I cannot live my life just so depressed, just so sick, missing my nexus. I can't do it. I have to move on. But how the hell am I going to move on? I don't want to do anything. So the last two weeks, I sat there and I listened. I just like 
what, what, what did my instincts tell me to do? Even if it didn't make any sense, I was open. I needed something. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. Give me something to write about. Of course, that always reminds me of Buffy the musical. But anyway, instead of give me something to sing about, <laughs> that became my mantra, actually. Just give me something to write about. And it was the weirdest thing. I'm, I'm on the couch holding on, just groaning and groaning, feeling sick to my stomach. And all I hear is, I want to bake cookies. Why the hell would I want to bake cookies? The last thing on this planet I wanted to do was eat. I didn't even want to look at food, but that's what came to me. And I didn't realize at the time, this was actually one of the most sacred moments of my life. It was one of, it was literally a sacred calling. I didn't realize it at the time because nobody gives a fuck about cookies. There were a lot of people who were really sweet about my interest in cooking and my interest in baking. But I also got a lot of snide remarks. I had a lot of shame about it. <laughs> but at the same time, like, okay, well, at least someone's talking to me. Oh my God, there's a divine voice speaking to me and I'm going to listen. I am going to listen because I have nothing else. I have nothing in my life that I want to focus on. I am alone most of the time. When I was housebound. I wouldn't leave the house. I was in so much pain from the cold that there was no point in leaving the house because when I came home, I never got warm. So I would only get colder and come home and be colder. So I had to do something within my house. I had to do something within this world I found myself in. So this house that was supposed to be this amazing dream come true for me in a lot of ways was a prison for most of the year and it was on the other side of the country that I wanted to be on but I discovered food in a big way it wasn't like in Westwood Plateau anymore I was just experimenting back then I was learning I didn't know what the hell I was doing and then on the island I really got to take my cooking and my baking skills to the next level and share with people. But now food was really all I had and food was all I really could focus on. So I left my sacred Susie site. Um, it shocked everybody. I deleted it. I wanted to demolish it because it was too painful. I could not have memories of my life in Vancouver Island anymore. I, I, I couldn't stand it. It was just so painful. And you can imagine people sort of like, you know, having to pivot to, okay, she's writing about like talking to trees and the ocean and everything. And now she wants to bake cookies. And man, have I been struggling with that internal battle for a long time. The value of baking cookies. And I'm telling you, it is magic. And anyone who doesn't believe so can fuck the hell off. Because that's what brought me to food in the first place. The voice told me, to bake cookies. So did I start baking cookies? Sure. I always bake cookies, but that's not really how things evolved. I started actually with trying to write a book about my food heritage. So I was writing about, I got books and started to learn how to do British cooking. And I also did a lot of Latvian cooking and, and I was, and I wrote about the process and everything, but you know what? It's so lonely. It's so, it was just too lonely to sit there and write this book by myself in my kitchen. I missed the online community. The online community 
you guys have saved my life. I don't know how many times. And I, I mean that literally uh, later on in my life. You really, really did. And I wanted to connect. I wanted to share. Just like I wanted to share the cookies. I don't want to eat all the cookies. Cookies are great, but I like sharing. <laughs> so for me, what I ended up doing is I scrapped that idea. And I said, well, I did blogging before. Why not do a food blog? And that's where Susie the Foodie came from. It was a free site. It was black. It totally looked completely not what you would expect. But I was in a dark place. And I was like, okay, so food and writing and photography, this is going to be my therapy. This is going to be how I get through the day. This gives me a subject, something to write about, something to photograph, something to focus on, literally. And to learn, I'm a learner. I have to be learning or I'm dying. That's what it feels like. So that's how this big leap came literally from this sacred life on the West Coast. I was studying photography. I was studying jewelry making and sculpture and, and all of this and dancing even like for the first time in decades. And I moved to Nova Scotia and I'm by myself pretty much. I'm pretty much alone. I mean, I had friends which got me through so much, but the majority of the time I was alone. And I just started learning. I started making anything and everything I possibly could. And it gave me so much inspiration. It helped me through the darkest time of my life, through a head-on collision. It helped heal me so many ways. I will share the rest of the story about Nova Scotia with you next time. Because there's just so much about it that is my story about Susie the foodie. I did want to mention that once again, here I was completely alone and isolated. <laughs> I know you can probably relate to that. Similarly to the first episode when I was stuck on the mountain for all those years, I actually spent six and a half years and it was seven winters in Nova Scotia. And I did not like the isolation, just like I don't like it now. But I wanted to check in with you now uh, with the pandemic. I know I'm having so many flashbacks to, especially since it is January 1st, 2021 here. And once again, I am alone. And this time I'm really alone. Like I am, I'm on my own <laughs> and it's cold and it's, I'm dealing with lots of snow. It's snowing outside right now, and we are in lockdown in Ontario. I also moved from Toronto to Kitchener because I spent all that time in Toronto, and I couldn't even see my family because everyone's self-isolating the way we're supposed to and taking care of ourselves and each other. And it's a long story, but I had to leave, and I'm in Kitchener now. Never lived here before, only been here a couple of times. Nobody can say I don't take big leaps <laughs> in life. And it was really, really hard. But I wanted to check in with you. I hope wherever you are, that you are finding solace in your kitchen. I hope you are baking cookies for people you love, even if you leave them on their front doorstep and can't see them. This is such a fucking brutal time, people. It is so hard. I've been through this so many times now and it's still hard. It is, it's even, in some ways it's even harder because I actually live in this province with my family and I can't see them. <laughs> it's like crazy. 
It's absolutely crazy. So I just wanted to say, I hope you're okay. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing all right. And hang in there. Do what you got to do. Listen to those inner voices. What are they saying to you? Maybe they're not saying bake cookies. I'm sure our internal compasses are all trying to speak to us right now. We have more time alone now than probably we've ever had in our entire adult lives. Although not me, but because <laughs> it's only been nine months here. I've, I've done years of this. I hope that wherever you are, you're listening to your internal guide. You're listening to those internal voices. And if you don't hear anything, ask for a sign. Ask the universe, what am I supposed to do? And say it out loud. I did. I was on the couch going, oh my God, oh my God, how can I make this better? I'll do anything to make this better. I need something. I need something to keep me going. And I was lucky. I heard it. I li- And I listened to it. Because at the time, I was like, holy fuck, this doesn't make any sense at all. But it did. It opened a huge path for me, a path I would never have considered otherwise. I hope you have a voice taught to you that helps lead you to the place you're supposed to be, to the path that will help you through this, because this is hard, people. This is a, a psychic wound. This is physical isolation. This is a lockdown. This is really hard. But we'll get through it. I've done it. I've done it before without a pandemic. I'm telling you, we can do it. I just didn't want to do it fucking again. I mean, seriously, this is just cruel. (laughs) But if my wisdom, if my experience helps you, that's why I'm here. So thanks for listening for The Love of Food, episode two with Susie the Foodie. I'm online everywhere. And guess what, people? I'm getting back to food blogging. I couldn't do it when I was in Toronto. It was just too hard. There were too many problems. It was just impossible. But I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm getting back to my food writing. I'm embracing it. And I hope you find what you're looking forward to.